0: you and Jimmy White. (laughs) Let me just say thank you for your commitment to uh, partnering together for the kingdom in a lot of different ways. Uh, You're such a great church. You have uh, so many things to be thankful for, and I know you are. I'm, I'm grateful for a pastor with a heart to reach the nations, aren't you? And that's what you have—a pastor with the heart to reach the nations. This morning, in your bulletin on the front cover, shows an emphasis that we have been involved with, and uh, just making you available some information about what the association does. Uh, I'll be honest with you—I sat in the pew, and I always wondered what those guys do, and uh, I just really can't stand here because I want to preach, but. I just can't stand here long enough to tell you everything that we're involved in. You know, we're involved in. We've seen multiple church plants. You guys have been involved in the in the Franklin church plant, but uh, we've seen now four churches begin in Warren County just in the last 18 months. And so it's been a good thing to see us working together as a group of churches, planning planning where God needs us to plant. Another thing that we're involved in is the Hispanic ministry. I know. Many of you may know something about that, a little something about that, but over on O'Brien River Road each Sunday morning, Pastor Douglas Lopez comes together with about 80 to, 80 to 90 Hispanics, and they have worship. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you've, I, I go to the Hispanic church, but I'm never in a hurry when I go to the Hispanic church. Number one is because they start at 11, and if you're out by 115, that's a, that's a short day, all right? So uh, anytime that you feel like your pastor may preach long or someone does preach long, I'm going to invite you to go over to Old Barren River Road and sit with Pastor Douglas. Great ministry. God's doing some great things there as well. We're getting ready to to develop a partnership. In fact, we vote on it in a week from Monday, a partnership with a northern association. Many of you have called me and talked to me a little bit about this out of Woodburn, but a partnership with an association in the Maysville area, 44 churches, uh, many of them are bivocational pastors and just need a, a little shot in the arm. So anyway, I could go on and on and on for uh, honestly for days on what we are doing. But I appreciate the impact that uh, you're making about the association this morning with a prayer guide. And I want to invite you to to be praying for us and praying for some ministries of the Warren Association since you are being supportive of that. Uh, just a place for us to come together and. Uh, just do, do another touch in the kingdom of God. You know, I've been your director of missions for a little over three and a half years now. In fact, in the matter, I just want to do this. If you're from Simpson County this morning, raise your hand. Look here. <laughs> Look at here. Common, common folks there. JC, they voted you off the island down there, didn't they, brother? You know, uh, it's good to see some faces that uh, I've known for a long time, uh, but it's good to see you here. But, you know, three and a half years ago, Pam and I moved to Bowling Green. We were in Corbin. I was serving as minister of education there, associate pastor. And uh, we began the search. Like everyone, if you've moved to Bowling Green, you have to go to searching for a house. And so we, we were blessed. We sold our house in Corbin, and we moved, and we found a house where ninety-five percent of everyone in Warren County lives, especially at eight o'clock on any day of the week, and that's in and around Three Springs Road. You know what I mean? (laughs) If you ever driven there, especially on especially on Saturdays. I mean, you know, that flea market just adds a whole new complexion to that to that area. But anyway, we bought this house on Three Springs Road and I was driving, it was a Monday morning and I was driving down Three Springs Road and I got to the intersection there at Three Springs and Scottsville Road. It was a hot day, and I looked out in the middle of that intersection. I saw something that just brought a smile to my face. In the middle of that intersection, there was an orange hat right there in the middle of Scottsville Road. And I I saw that hat, and here was a hot day, and it wasn't just any orange hat. It was one of those winter, furry, ugly, snapper-up orange hats that was sitting in the middle of the road, right there in Scottsville Road, cars going by, and I just laughed. I turned, and I went out towards the office out on Scottsville Road, and I was heading out the road, and I guess I was about at Culver's. And God spoke to me, and I did not listen, and I kept on driving. Well, about lunch, I drove back down the road on Monday, and I got over the bridge and i started down to the traffic light and god had spoke to me about picking that hat up and i thought that was crazy i just thought it was me you know i thought ah what's he a litter bug you know i thought he wanted me to pick it up make make the planet look better so i was coming down the hill there at scottsville road and i got into the turning lane and i thought well you know that hat won't be there it kind of got working on me and i got there and that hat was still there in the road worn. And I saw that hat, and God spoke to me again about picking that hat up, and I did what any one of you would do. I drove on past it because I thought, who would see me stop and pick that hat up, you know? So I went to lunch, and I came back, and uh, drove by that hat again on Monday. Tuesday morning, I get up because I was driving Three Springs Road coming out to Scottsville Road because I, didn't, I grew up in Simpson County. I didn't know about Carter Sims. And God didn't tell me about Carter Sims yet, and this is why. And so I drove past that hat on Tuesday. I was was coming down Three Springs Road, and God was still speaking to me about that hat. And I thought, gosh, why is he on me about this hat? And I thought, okay, Lord, I'm going to pick that hat up. If it's where I can, I'm going to pick that hat up. I got to that intersection. There that hat was. I just couldn't make it happen with the traffic, so I drove on. This went on for several days, and in fact, on Thursday... God was really pushing my buttons. And I was thinking, you know, why is that hat even there this many days? And and as I drove back to the office on Thursday morning, I got to the John Deere place, and God was just saying, pick the hat up, Jeff. And I got to that intersection and (laughs) thinking the whole time as I was driving down the road, I was thinking, maybe somebody else got it and I won't have to. And I got to that intersection, and guess what? The hat was still there. This is Thursday. And I thought, God, you know, if I pick the hat up, not only will people wonder what I'm doing, but, you know, is this really what you want me to do? And I drove on past the hat. Friday came. God was still working on me about the hat. Got there, got there that morning, saw the hat was still in the road, did not become obedient to pick up the hat, and drove on to the office, and it was about lunch, and I started, started back to the house. Came across the bridge, down the bridge, down across the bridge, And I thought, I'm going to pick the hat up. There's a tractor and trailer sitting in front of me in the turning lane, and I was looking and didn't see the hat, and so I felt a little relieved, you know, because I was thinking I got out of it. I didn't have to pick the hat up. The tractor and trailer pulled up, and I could see the hat, and I couldn't get to the hat, and I'm thinking, well, you know, God, if you really want me to pick this hat up, you're going to fix that hat where I can pick that hat up. And so as I pulled up to that stoplight, and it stopped me right by... the hat. I'm telling you, my daughter won't even look at this hat because it looks so bad. But this hat, God wanted me to pick up. And so I did what anyone would do when you were being pushed by God. I reached down, I picked the hat up and threw it in the back of the envoy and took off before anybody could see me. I got about halfway home down Three Springs Road and God spoke to me again. And he said, Jeff, you know, I've called you to be the director of missions of Warren Association of Baptist. And you know that there's 85,000 folks in Warren County that are disconnected from Jesus Christ. And you know that before you come to Jesus that all of us are nothing but a bunch of road hats. We're just laying on the side of the road. And we have wants and desires And people just drive on past us. He said, I want you to pick that hat up as a reminder of what your mission is. That we have road hats all over Warren County this morning. Those road hats live next door to us. Those road hats we work with, they're in our families, especially with Thanksgiving. And God would tell us all, remember when you were a road hat? You remember when you were laying there on the side of the road, and everybody was running past you, they didn't have time for you? Well, this morning, I want to challenge you on that point. And I'm standing at a great church, and you may be thinking, why am I challenging you on that point? It's just to remind us that there's road hats that we're going to come in contact with. Turn with me to Luke chapter 19 this morning. And in Luke chapter 19... I want us to read about another road hat. As we come to this text, and if you, if you scan before you get to Luke chapter 19, you find that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He's physically walking to Jerusalem. And we run across in Luke 18 about the rich young ruler, a person coming to Jesus that had all of this wealth, and he wanted to follow Jesus. Jesus. And in in Luke 18, 25, Jesus says, this capstone of that event says this, for it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. You see, not all the road hats in the world look ugly and beat up and worn. There are some that are easy to see, those down and out. But you know, in Warren County this morning, we don't only have road hats that are down and out. We have road hats that are really up and coming. There are people that look like they've got it all together, but there's something missing. There are people that have money and stuff, and they think they can fill that hole, and they're nothing more than a road hat. Oh, they don't look like that on the outside, but they feel like that on the inside. And if you look down this, this event, you find in Luke 18 the story of the blind man that received his sight. And Jesus said, your faith has healed you. Or the, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. You know, tax collectors in that day are much like this day. <laughs> I, I see old Larry Hallett. If anybody knows Larry, he used to work for the IRS. And I said, Larry, did you ever have anybody that liked you? But even in then, Jesus took time for a road hat of society and shared the gospel with him. And Jesus says in verse 27 of Luke 18, he says, What is impossible with man is possible for God. Aren't you glad we have a possible God? I'm glad that wasn't a Baptist vote this morning. Aren't you glad we have a God that has all things possible with him? That he can take a guy like me who is nothing more than a road hat And call me into ministry. He can take a person like you. I love the children's sermon this morning because that's exactly what we're talking about is being missionaries where we are. Missional is where we are. This morning, if you look at this text, Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Talking about Jesus. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector. And he was rich. And he was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able because of the crowd, since he was a short man. So running ahead, he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus. Since he was about to pass that way, and when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, because today I must stay at your house. So he quickly came down and welcomed him joyfully. All who saw it began to complain, he's gone to lodge with a sinful man. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor, Lord. And if I've extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay it back four times as much. Today, salvation has come to this house, Jesus told him, because he too is a son of Abraham. Listen to this. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. Pray with me. Father, this morning, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunities that we have through studying your word. I pray, God, this morning that you would open our mind and our heart to your message today. Father, I thank you for this great church. I thank you, Lord, for the church that is on mission with you. But, Father, many times we lose sight of being on mission with you when we go through our everyday life. So, Lord, speak to us this morning about that situation. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I want to point out three things out of this text. I think in this text, we'll see a problem. We'll see a person and a promise. That's the three things I want to point out this morning. And the first thing is the problem. And there is a problem in this text. And if you see it, it starts right at the first. Because you see Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. That's all the singing you get this morning. But we know that song so well, but Zacchaeus was this little man. And and do you see in this text where he was in need of something? And you probably would say, no, he's not. He's not showing any need. However, if you look and you understand that this man was a man of wealth, a man of stature, a man that was looked at in the community, and people knew about him. You see, Zacchaeus had a problem and the reason that I know he had a problem is because he did something that was very abnormal for that day and that time for a man. You see, what he did was he ran and climbed a tree. Now, you may not think that's very very big, but let me tell you, for a man in that day to run was huge because they didn't feel like that if a man, if a man ran would kind of break who he was. It was, it was a stature issue. That people looked, it was stately, you were supposed to do certain things, and he was looked upon that way, and he was running, which he was breaking one of those moral things that they didn't want done. I think there's a bigger issue, though, really. The reason that I think it was really ironic that he ran is because he was wearing this long robe, and it was like a dress. (laughs) And women, do you ever run in a dress? that goes real long. I mean, if you do, you could get that thing wrapped around everything, and you know how that goes. And then he climbs a tree in this thing. And so, if he were a man of stature, a man that was looked upon, and he first ran, and then he climbed a tree, he was looking for something. This is a rich man. It says in this text that he was rich. He was a tax collector. And if he was rich, he probably got to the place where he thought from a material issue, there was nothing that he could not buy that he wanted. It's amazing for us today because there's many of us in that same spot. There's many people in the world today that say, you know, I've got all that I need, but I'm still in want for something. And they don't know what it is. And Zacchaeus was just like that because his problem was he was looking for something, and we see at the end of the story that he finds what he's looking for. But Zacchaeus was the ultimate, had the God-sized hole in his heart that he was looking for something to fill this empty vacuum. And Zacchaeus didn't know what it was. And so he had this hole. You know, he had this hole. He had wealth, and he couldn't buy enough to fill the hole. You know, in our world today, we do that same thing, As people have a hole. And and sometimes we try to fill it with stuff, and sometimes we try to fill it with relationships. I've been in ministry long enough to know that people go in and out of relationships, whether that's married or boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever that is, and you think you got to have this relationship to fill that hole and in essence, you don't. you got to something. You're longing for something bigger. And, you know, what we do in our world today is we numb that whole feeling with some sort of outside source. Whether it's a chemical or whatever, we numb. And so Zacchaeus had a problem, and he was looking for a fix. And his fix was Jesus, and he was about to come in contact with that fix And Jesus was nothing more. He probably felt inside like my road hat looks. Are you here this morning and you have a hole? Do you feel like there's something missing? Do you feel like there's something wrong with you this morning? I'm going to tell you, friend, if you're here this morning or within the sound of my voice this morning and there's this hole in you, Jesus is the fix. And if you want the fix, all you have to do is come to him. Am I right? How many can testify that you found the fix, and the fix is Jesus? You see, this morning, if you're here and you've got this hollow feeling, be like Zacchaeus and notice what the problem is, because you'll never quench that. But there's another problem in this text that I see. You see, this text shows us not only did Zacchaeus have an issue, but there was also another issue, too. I really like reading this text out of the King James, and if you have that, you'll see it. It talks about how Zacchaeus couldn't get to Jesus, and one of the reasons he had to climb the tree was that the crowd had pressed him back away. He couldn't get to Jesus. He couldn't get to Jesus. And that was a problem because the problem was the crowd had got caught up in all the... uh, emotion i want you to think about a parade that's kind of what i've got it pictured in my mind is this parade jesus is coming to town and people have heard about jesus and so they crowd up in front of the of the people just to get an, a look at jesus and sometimes i see the church do that that we get so far in front just trying to get an eye on jesus that we block people trying to get to jesus that's a problem that we come to the church and, and you know, we, we praise the Lord, but then we go out into the world and we block people from Jesus. Well, Jeff, how do we do that? We do that with our actions and our attitudes sometimes. My most trying place, if the devil wants to attack me, he attacks me at Walmart in the checkout line. Can I get a witness? I'm telling you, you... I, I don't go to Walmart without Pam. She's my prayer warrior, and she also speaks wisdom into me. I'm sitting there. There's a1,000 checkouts. I grew up in retail. That's a problem. There's a thousand places to to, to, put your, 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 to check out, and there's two people there. You know what I mean? And it drives me crazy. <laughs> Kindred spirit right there. First few times I went there, I got mad. And all I was doing was showing that I wasn't gonna be a witness there. You see, the way we act and the way we we speak will block people from Jesus. You ever have an issue with your neighbor? I wished he'd mow the yard. (laughs) I did that one time. I went over and mowed my neighbor's yard. I thought I was doing the Christian thing. No, I wasn't. I just wanted his yard mowed. He wasn't going to mow it, so I mowed it. I had the wrong attitude altogether. You know, I was mowing it the whole time going, I wish he'd mow his yard. You see, I was going to block him from seeing Jesus because I wasn't going to share about Jesus. I was just going to do the thing, and I had a bad, bad attitude about it. You ever been there? And we block people from seeing Jesus, and they're road hats, and we drive on past them. And in our anger or our frustration or in our, the way we respond, we don't see them. we got road hats all around, and the church we can block. Oh, Woodburn does a great job, but you know, my question is, are there road hats in your sphere of influence that we're missing? Because we're so wrapped up in us. There's a problem. There's another problem. Not only was the crowd keeping Zacchaeus from getting to Jesus, but look at verse 7. Look at what the crowd's response was. In verse 6 it said, you know, Jesus says, I must go to your house today. And he said, so he quickly came down Zacchaeus and welcomed him joyfully. And look what verse 7 said. And all who saw it began to complain. He's gone to lodge with a sinful man. How dare Jesus do that? How dare the Savior go to someone else's house that looks like that? How dare him? My wife got the house clean, he could have come to my house. And we complain. Oh, we wouldn't say it out loud. And not everybody in this room would say it, but there's a place where the church, where those of us that come and sing the praises to God, choose who should have Christ and who doesn't. Here's what I mean. You run across someone that looks like their face fell into a tackle box, and we say, oh, they probably don't want to hear about Jesus. You know what I found? I found a guy just a few years ago that had more piercings than any guy I've ever seen that loved the Savior so much that if we had just looked at him, we'd have said, eh, he don't deserve Jesus. Look at him. He cleans up a little bit. Then we'll take him to church. I've been part of that church. Jeff, what are you going to do with those kids? They're putting their feet up on the wall. You know, they're just messing up our paint. (laughs) Sometimes road hats are that close, and we're the problem. Because most of the road hats in the world would tell us, as as Christians, we've seen how you act, and we don't want that. There's a problem. What we must understand is that Romans 3.23, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. When I was in Corbin, I got a friend of mine over there. His name's Tom Klein. Tom goes to the Whitley County Jail every Sunday, or did until a few weeks ago. He goes to the jail every Sunday, and shares Christ with prisoners. While I was there, there was a you know, I-75 runs right past Corbin and down to Williamsburg, and there was a man who was driving a tractor and trailer from the north, and his truck left his side of the road, went over to the other side of the road, hit a minivan, killed a mom who was pregnant and her two children. So there was basically four folks that died in that wreck. The problem with that was he was under the influence of alcohol. It was the third time that he had been cited for that, and he was put into jail for manslaughter. I remember it just as vividly today as I did. The day it happened, I was getting gas in my vehicle one Monday morning, heading to the office, and Tom pulls up, and he says, Jeff, you'll never guess who prayed to receive Christ yesterday. And I said, who? And he told me this guy's name. And Tom had been sharing the gospel with this man for months. He was in the Whitley County Jail before he was going to be moved to the prison system. And Tom kept after him, and the man couldn't uh, make—he said, you know, I I can't do that. It's not going to change anything. And Tom said, you're right. The what you've done on earth can't change, but what you've done before the Maker will. And this man is now walking with Jesus. And I was in a place where a lot of people just felt shame towards that man because of what he had done, and he had become a road hat because of his actions— But Tom saw it a different way. I must quickly hurry. There's a person involved in here. And when we find that in these verses that Jesus values every person. In verse verse 5, as Jesus comes by, Jesus calls Zacchaeus by name. Now, have you ever thought about that? How would you feel if you were somewhere that you normally would be? And, oh, Jesus came by and said, Andrew, You never met him. You didn't think he knew your name. But this—it's Jesus walked past and said, Andrew, come down. I'm going to stay at your house. It's personal. Jesus calls out to Zacchaeus, but he calls out to us too because the value of Jesus is he knows us by name. And Jesus as a person has value in people. It doesn't matter what they look like on the inside or on the outside. Jesus sees value in all. Am I right? You'll wake up when you go to Sunday school. (laughs) But not only does he know you personally and he knows you by name, but what's so neat about this text is that Jesus is in this crowd and he's walking past and he looks up and he sees Zacchaeus in the tree. He knew exactly where where Zacchaeus was. And wherever you are in life this morning, the person of faith knows exactly where you are. Whether you're walking as you should, whether you're in that thanksgiving spirit, or you're in that muck, or whether you're in a relationship or not, it doesn't really matter because the God of the universe knows exactly where you are. Can you find comfort in that? We should. But there's another thing that I think we see here as well. is Jesus saw the value no matter what. Because the text that I read there a minute ago, where the the crowd said, he's going to his house? Look at that value. Jesus didn't care. I mean, it wasn't a big deal to him. What would everybody think? What do you think everybody would think, Jimmy, if we acted this way? You see, Jesus didn't look at it that way. He looked at it as a person. He valued the individual, road hat or not, Up and coming, down or out, it didn't matter. It was the value of the person. Your pastor this morning sees a value in being in Oklahoma. Why? Does he know people out there? Maybe a few. Does this church know people out there? Maybe a few. you know why you're out there? It's because God says there's people out there that need a relationship with me. So stay at the task. And people in Franklin need to know that too. And I'm grateful that the Franklin campus is going so well. Oh, I pray for... Pastor Eric in that ministry, it's great. But what I'm saying is, is as a church, we can do all these things and be part of that, and that be our God stuff. But what about school? What about class? What about Walmart at the checkout line? What about into family Thanksgiving dinner that we have those people? (laughs) You know, maybe it's just my family, maybe it's not yours. You know? (laughs) God, give me strength to put up with that individual. I mean, how would you like to break Thanksgiving with Jimmy White? (laughs) I love Jimmy. You know what I mean? And God's calling us that he's got a value in those people that bring the hair up on the back of our necks and the people that don't look like we do and don't smell like we do and next door to us that have offended us and God's saying they're road hats if they don't know me. And remember... You were once a road hat. Quickly, the promise. There's a promise here. It's found in verse 8. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Lord, I'll give half my possessions to the poor. He hadn't wronged the poor. He said, Lord, if I'm going to give half of what I have to the poor. This was a man that was rich. We saw that in verse 2. He was rich, and he was automatically saying half of what I got is going to the poor. Boy, for a rich man to give up his wealth is big. That is a confirmation that something's happening in his life, wouldn't you think? But look what else he says. He says, and if I've extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. You know why that's huge? Is because in the Old Testament, it shows us in Leviticus 6, 5, and in Numbers 5, verse 6 and 7, that the Bible only required, Old Testament law only required for a 20% more. And here was Zacchaeus saying, I'll pay it back not one time, not two times, not three times, but four times. This is a man who trusted in his wealth, and now his trust is in something else. This sign of response to Christ is showing that he is a changed person. He doesn't value the same things. And when we find salvation, we won't value the same things. This repentance that Zacchaeus shows is a sign of his faith and the God that's changing him. Look at verse 10. Verse 9 says, Today salvation has come to your house. That's what Jesus told him. Today salvation has come to your house. And that's what God wants. He wants every person, He wants every person to come to a knowledge of Him I shared this on Friday with a school I was doing chapel with, and I just can't get it out of my mind. You know, it says in the Scriptures that at the end of the age when we every person will bow their knee before Jesus and confess him as Lord, whether they're saved or not. You realize that? How crazy to live there, to be destined to hell, but at the end they still have to bow their knee and say, you're Lord, (laughs) and it didn't do them any good. And how many of those were road hats that we drove around? You see, right on target with Children's Sermon, we're all missionaries. We must be missional wherever we are. We're missional wherever we are. In fact of the matter, we don't have a choice in it. However we choose... You know, I should have said this. I wished I'd have said that. When in reality, all we have to do is ask God, Lord, this is a situation. I need your help here. And be guided. Because look at what he says in verse 10. Jesus said, for the Son of Man, which is the title he uses of himself, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save lost What that text says, what Jesus is saying is, the Son of Man has come, and I send you to the road hats of the world to pick them up, to dust them off, and to share the greatest news in the world that I can fill that spot they're looking for. What do you do with this message? I don't know. I know what I do with this message, and this is not the first time I've preached it. In fact, I preached this message about three years ago. Yeah, guys use them over, you know. I preached this message three years ago, and a young man walked up to me on Friday at that school, and he said, you know what? I said, what? (laughs) Third grader, uh, fourth grader at uh, Anchored Christian. Fourth grader walked up to me, and he says, I still remember the road hat. I said, are you watching out for road hats? And he said, yep. For some of us this morning that are called by his name, we're called this morning to be on the lookout for road hats. Don't take a week to stop and pick one up. Because those people are disconnected from Jesus Christ and there's road hats around us. So that may be your invitation this morning. I don't know. For you this morning, you may be the road hat. You may have gone through the world and you have joined a church, but you've never accepted Jesus to fill that spot that Zacchaeus had. And you may feel like a road hat. And no one else in here may know that about you, but you may be saying, well, you know, things look okay. But you know deep down inside that you're still a road hat. Today's a day that you can get that straightened out. What greater day on Sunday before Thanksgiving To give thanks to the God who picks up road hats. This morning you may be worshiping here in this great congregation. And God is telling you, this is the place I need you to help on mission with road hats. And God has told you for weeks and months and maybe years, today's the day that you join this church and become part of it. I, I don't know what God's saying to you. I know what he's saying to me. He's reminding me about my neighbors. Jeff, remember you got road hats living by you. Don't block them. Be willing to share. What's he saying to you? You pray with me this morning. Father, this morning. Thank you, Lord, for Thank you, Lord, for picking up this road hat many years ago. God, from the world's perspective, you'd bless me with a loving family and a a church that I was attending. But, God, I'd never come to the place where I let you fill that hole until several years ago. So, Lord, from the world's perspective, I looked up and coming, but really I still had that hole. God, if there's one here this morning that has that hole that feels like my road hat, I pray, Lord, that today would be the day that they would come and trust you. God, there may be some here this morning that have road hats on their heart this morning. God has brought a road hat to them. And I pray, Lord, that if you've placed that road hat's name and you've placed that picture of them in our minds, Lord, that we would begin praying, asking you, Lord, how are we to be used to reach out to that road hat? And God, if there's one here this morning that uh, is in need Of prayer, in need of coming to you, Lord, we give that time over to you as well. Lord, I also come asking you to be with those that are here that need to be part of this great congregation. Lord, you know what needs to happen and so we give you this time and we give you this place in Jesus' name. We're going to sing